Welcome to episode nine of New Jersey Living, the podcast. So this is a episode that I'm very much looking forward to because my broker, Michael Panisi, will be with us. He's broker and regional vice president at Coldwell Banker. And we are going to dive into some insights, kind of a little bit of a year in, in review to some extent. Uh, but also what we are looking forward to given the current market conditions as we enter the new year in 2024. So stay tuned, sit back and relax, and let's dive into this now. Welcome to New Jersey Living, the podcast where we explore all things New Jersey real estate. I'm your host, Corey Jones, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker and team leader of the New Jersey Living Group. We're a team of experienced agents who specialize in residential sales in several counties ranging from Bergen County in northern New Jersey to Ocean County down the shore. On this podcast, we will talk to real estate experts, local business owners, community leaders, and town officials to get the inside scoop various towns in New Jersey. We'll discuss everything from the latest market trends to featured local attractions with dining, recreation, and entertainment. Whether you're a current resident, a prospective buyer, or just curious about New Jersey real estate, we have something for you. So sit back, relax, and join us for a conversation about all things New Jersey living. All right, so welcome. We have, like I mentioned in my intro, we have Michael Panisi. Michael is uh, my broker. I just call him broker, but he has other titles as well. Regional Vice President of Caldwell Banker. So I'm going to give Michael an opportunity just to give a quick intro and uh, you know a little insight on your experience at Caldwell Banker. So first of all, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. You know that. Um, and I really do enjoy working with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of Coldwell Banker, it's it's been a blessing for me. Absolutely love my time there. I've been with the company for, uh, I've been in real estate for almost 20 years, um, been uh, at Coldwell Banker for the majority of that time. And, you know, I just think that it's just been a, uh, an incredible place in terms of the people, the leadership. Um, I like the way we do business. We we do things ethically. I, I do believe that it's, it's cliche at times, but I, I really do believe we are fairly cutting edge. Um, you know, compared to most in the industry, we're, we're the first to do many different things. And, you know, I think ultimately what it really comes down to is serving the clients and the agents because without, you know, without the clients and, you know, without the agents who are out there, you know, servicing those clients, there is no business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to touch on a piece that you, uh, even though we didn't script this out at all, which is cool, but, um, the piece about servicing agents and clients, right? So, mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that I was drawn to Coldwell Banker is just the model in terms of the platforms it's provided for an agent. And just speak to that a little bit, just in terms of Coldwell, uh, Coldwell's intention and their vision of how they're really structured to help agents succeed in whatever their business model may be. Yeah, so there's there's really a, a handful of ways to approach this question. Um, you know, we could certainly go the tech route, which which I'll touch upon. Uh, I think before you even get to technology, it's about service. And what service looks like to me is having boots on the ground, people that are there to help you, um, where you don't have to call into some hotline or if you don't have to go online to find some avatar to teach you the business, you could pick up the phone. We could have a conversation like we're having right now, um, you know, and do some coaching or do some business planning or, or do whatever it takes to make sure that we're getting the job done properly. Um, so that structure, having the resources to do that, you know, meaning the team behind me, I believe that that's paramount. Uh, I know I couldn't do my job as effectively as, as I'd like to if I didn't have the staff that I have. 
if right. I didn't have the people that I'm able to delegate to do certain topics and certain you know elements of the business because it's really difficult to just be all things for all people. And you know I, I feel like Coldwell Banker has definitely supported me in in that um, and supports our agents um, on the tech front. It actually is it, it's almost the opposite of what most of the uh, the industry is doing. So a lot of uh, real estate brokerages, they want to really own the technology and they want to be the the tech company, so to speak. Um, Coldwell Banker's taken a different approach and I would liken it to the the difference between what, um, we all had Blackberries at one point in time. I know yeah. I did. I'm, I'm yeah. sure, you know, you probably did as well. And, you know, nobody has a Blackberry. They don't, don't even exist any longer. And so why did that happen? I think one of the major reasons that that happened is because, you know, companies like Apple and, um, you know, and certainly like Android and, you know, Google, they decided that, you know what, we're going to, we're not going to compete against the world. We're going to have an app store and people are going to be able to create products in that app store. And ultimately, you know, we're going to have the, the minds of all of these brilliant people from around the world that will create these products and we will host them. Whereas, you know, BlackBerry took the opposite approach and BlackBerry's approach was, we are going to be the technology. We're going to create all the apps. You know, taking the us against the world's approach is not a good one. It's tough. There's too many brilliant minds. Technology moves too fast. Yeah. So what Coldwell Banker has done a really nice job with, in my opinion, is trying to create uh, an ecosystem where we could link with our systems to anything that's third party. And I feel like that's the the direction that not only it's not even a feeling it's the direction we are going, but I also you know feel that it's the direction that we should be going. So I'm excited to to work with a company that you know is is um, open minded in the way that they approach the business. And I guess the last piece that I'm going to add to this is it's always about the agents and the clients. And I started with that before, but if you think about it from, you know, you extrapolate that to what does that mean? Like in actual like practice, it means that you could be the agent that you want to be. You could have the logos that you want, you know, the color schemes that you want to all the collateral that you put out. You could create the business that, that you want because you're an independent contractor and Coldwell Banker doesn't interject themselves in any of that. You know, they're, if anything, they're supportive and their goal is to try to make sure that your brand is the one that people remember. Right, right. And and I'm sitting, as you're saying this, I'm thinking too, if you are a prospective buyer or seller that watch, um, watch my content, you're watching this right now, uh, why this is relevant to you is the resources and the training and the business model that your agent has certainly is a reflection of the service that you're going to receive from that agent, right? So Coldwell, in my opinion, because I've been with a couple of brokerages and I've came to Coldwell this year and been very pleased with what I've seen is it's set up to help agents succeed. And what we want to do as agents is to provide the most exceptional level of service that we can for every client, right? Can so, I touch upon that yeah, actually? Because you you hit upon something that's like really, you know, of the utmost importance is we do serve clients and the clients that we serve, I, I I have this, you know, I'm in a position where I recruit a lot of agents from different brokerages and I have conversations about people potentially leaving to go to other brokerages because there's always angles, like whether it's, you know, financial elements or what have you. And what I find that is, is universally true is I have never once sat down with an agent at another brokerage that does a better job of marketing and exposing listings to the, to the general public than we do within you know, the walls of Coldwell Banker. And so people will make moves for different reasons in business, but 
not once have I ever seen somebody go somewhere else in an effort to better serve their clients. And that to me tells the whole story. Because if I could look a client in the face and I could say there is nobody out there that will provide better service than we will, then I could sleep at night. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can go by the numbers. Um, if I have an opportunity, I'm just going to flash a couple up here now just to give uh, those who are watching on YouTube an idea of how Coldwell is performing in multiple counties in northern and central New Jersey. You'll get an idea of, yeah. you know, the numbers tell the story, right? So, yeah, the results don't lie. Yes. I mean, no question. no question. No question about it. Yeah. So we're going to dive into a little bit uh, about the uh, conversation about the market. So we're we're closing out. We're at the very end. We're recording. We're mid-December right now, um, and we're about to close out the year. And it, what a year it's been from where we started, what the market was then, then the interest rate hikes that have happened yep. throughout the year <laughs> to where we are right now, where now it seems like we have uh, we have peaked. I mean, we still have a road to travel, travel ahead of us, but we are looking at uh, a market that could be opening up well, once again, as we enter the new year. So I'm, I just want to kind of lean into you, Mike, a little bit yeah. right now uh, with some of your insights, which are always very valuable as to where we are right now looking as we enter this new year. So I, I'll start with this. Supply and demand for any market is, is pivotal. And if you have, you know, tremendous amount of supply and you don't have proper demand to, to eat up all that supply, prices will go down. If the reverse is also true, if you have you know a tremendous amount of demand and you don't have the supply to you know to keep up with that demand, prices will will continue to rise. Um, the last I checked, prices in in New Jersey were up ten percent right. year over year, and it's interesting because you'll see like you know I don't know like World News and you'll see all these different coverages you know a U.S. News um, that they'll they'll put out there that the real estate market's down, like it's actually misleading because it's, it's what are we talking about in terms of the real estate market being down? What's down are the amount of units, the amount of homes that have actually traded. Right. And the reason that those, that those numbers are down has very little to do with demand. Like most people think that when they hear like there's less people buying homes right now, it's because, well, there's not enough buyers out there. Well, that's actually like completely false. Absolutely. Like we are having from a buyer perspective, if you think about it, like generationally, people buy at certain points in their life. They buy when they get married. They buy when they get divorced in certain instances. They buy when they have children. They buy when they get promotions. Like there's, you know, that's the reasons why people tend to buy. And, and there's several other reasons like relocation stuff like that. But life, you know, life reasons. So that doesn't change. Right. But what, what has changed are the amount of people in specific populations. So if you look generationally, we had the baby boomers were the largest generation of people in the United States history. history. Right. And, you know, then you had, you know, generation, you know, X and Y and, and then millennials. And, you know, the, the two generations between baby boomers and millennials were smaller populations of people. Millennials are the largest population of people and millennials are in their home buying prime right now. When, and when I define that as is like think of like between the ages of 28 and 40, like that's where those people right now, it's even a little bit older now because that's you know, probably a year removed. But mm. the truth is, is like those people, that's the largest population of people in our country right now. 
So there's not a shortage of demand. Like that's not the problem. The problem with today's market is there's not enough inventory. Inventory, yes. Inventory has been the the, the story of 2023 and the lack of inventory. And so let me just dive into that a little bit. Like why is that? Well, whenever you see rates that go from like the you know call it between two and three percent up to eight percent. You see this spike, one of the, the highest spikes, you know, certainly in the last 25 years, yeah, but like even in history, historically, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. historic, you know, high in terms of a spike. When you see that happen, most people think about the impact that it has on a buyer. They say like, okay, like the price of a home, the the monthly payment that I'm going to have to pay is significantly higher than it was a year ago, two years yes. ago, what have you. And there's truth to that, but that's not what's creating the issue. What's creating the issue is actually the seller side. Because you have sellers, the majority of sellers, you know, 90 plus percent of sellers um, in the marketplace either own their house outright so they don't have a mortgage or they have an interest rate that was locked in during a time that it was between two and three percent. Right. So if you are a seller and you own a million dollar home and your, you know, your interest rate is, let's call it three percent. Like now, let's just say that for life reasons, you're retiring. Like, so that would typically say like, okay, this million dollar home is now going to come to market. Well, in today's world, that million dollar seller is saying, well, why would I buy down right now? Because if I buy a $500,000 house and interest rates are 8%, well, the monthly payment is not changing. It's, you know, I'm going to be paying the exact same amount. I might as well keep the million dollar home and live comfortably. Right. And so we've had such a shortage of inventory because of the rate spike and uh, quite frankly, like that's been perpetuated by the the high demand because we have this crazy high demand. So anything that does come to market naturally sells at, you know, a premium. Yes. Um, you know, there's not enough homes on the market and it's, it's a perpetuating cycle. Like, you know, you kind of have, you know, less demand, less, excuse me, more demand, less inventory, inventory that is, is, is stuck because of rates. And until rates come down, you still have that issue. Now here's the, the, you know, the kicker, like when rates do come down, what happens now you have more sellers that are coming to market, which you would think like inherently more sellers, more supply prices would then like even out. That's not accurate because you have such a high amount of demand that's been sitting on the sidelines due to the lack of inventory yeah. that there's pent up demand at this point. I think that what you're going to see right today, you know, this is breaking news, but right today we saw rates um, plummet. You know, rates were, you know, in the mid sevens, they dropped into the sixes. I think it was like 6.81. That's tremendous for where we are right now. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. So when you see that happen, naturally, it's going to speed the market up. Like there's no question about it. It will speed the market up. There'll be more people that are trying to buy. What that's going to create are 30, 40, 50 offers on properties. So if you're a seller that's considering selling and you're, you know, think about timing in the marketplace, the early spring market is January. Right. So if you're a seller that's thinking about selling and, you know, you're considering about how to time it, why wouldn't you time it in the early spring market when there's always, it doesn't matter, there's always a tidal wave of buyers that come into the market, like couple that with rates that plummeted, like you're going to get paid. Like this is the time to do it. Yes. If you're a buyer... Like this is the the reverse. Um, if you're a buyer, that's not a great situation for you. I'm not going to tell you that it is. However, this is like the you know you could play both sides of this because it depends on how you look at it. Rates are. I think most people, most 
you know, entities, organizations, whatever you want to call it, are predicting rates are going to continue to fall, you know, in the coming year, it's not going to get better. Like if anything, right. if rates continue right. to fall, you know, your buying power will increase, which is a great thing, but the competition's also going to go up. And so it's not a time where I would necessarily sit on the sidelines if I was a buyer or a seller. Um, if you're a cash buyer, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Yes, but if, you, if you're a cash buyer, you can make the argument that now is a better time to buy than a year from now. I don't have a crystal ball just like you don't, but you know, it, it's, it seems pretty safe to say that we're going to see rates come down from where they are right now. Um, and, you know, and for that reason, it's going to speed the market up and it's going to create you know, considerably more competition. Definitely. You know? Definitely. And, I, and I read, this is just a recent article uh, before you and I had this conversation just before we started recording about where the rates fell today. Uh, but the Fed talking about they uh, just kind of penciled in potential, if not two, it was three potential drops, yeah. right? Uh, looking for it for we forecast into the new year. And uh, for, and I just know on my business side, on the buy side, my buy side clients have been in an environment that is rarely been seen over the past couple of years, over mm -hmm. the past month, I would say, where there's not a lot of inventory, but that inventory that is available, they have not been engaging the same level of competition, mm -hmm. right? Because we're in a slow season too. I mean, we're, yeah. once we hit Thanksgiving, you know, things yeah, slow down, slows down, right? Um, inventory is not great. Rates are have, have been a little bit high. So it's been a much more even playing field for those buyers that are still engaged. And once I started like seeing these news reports, I know that's about to change really quickly. Right? It will change very quickly. So, yes. so the days of, as you mentioned, 30, 40, I can remember distinctly being uh, in a in a 52 offer yeah. right uh, scenario where my clients came in in 23rd and we were we were at least in that particular scenario about maybe 12% above ask, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I can see us getting back to that kind of place yeah. uh, really quickly because some people are looking to once again engage. And then once we see more inventory, because that's the other challenge we see right now is that uh, on the market, again, if you're on the buy side, the inventory that's out there that's kind of that move-in ready, a really well-maintained home or something that has been really well-renovated, there's such there's so few of them, yeah. right? Even amongst that low yeah, inventory, turnkey people want absolutely. No question about right. it, right? So those is just hands down. Uh, people are going to be all over very quickly. So it's just um, from a from a buy side standpoint, there is some challenge ahead. Um, I would say um, for clients I'm dealing with on the buy side, some of the things that I always encourage is just getting something pre underwritten if they can. I mean mm -hmm. that's that's one thing just yeah. to show themselves to be very competitive. Um, and on the, the seller side, I've got a couple of folks that I'm talking to right now, um, and they are contemplating just, that, as you said, time yeah. frame. Do I wait until March, or do I go ahead and take a swing early? And I think there's nothing hurting you yeah. to go in in January. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I used to actually position most – I was – when I was in sales full time, my average sales price was a million one. Okay. So for me, like I was dealing with a luxury, you know, clientele, and I always would position my sellers that were pro like, you know, getting ready like this time of year for the spring market to think January. And the reason that I would do that is because that's when Wall Street would get bonused. So you would you would actually be in a position where you were you were on the market with less inventory because the, the inventory always rises like you know April May those yes. those months right. naturally there's more competition at that point so the higher the supply you know it dilutes you a little bit 
Um, I actually prefer to be on in the early spring market. I think that there's no question. And I want to touch upon one thing, um, and, and it really is, is kudos to you as, as an agent. And I think that it's, it's important for your viewers to hear because to me, like, one of the reasons that you engage with an agent who's doing this at a high level, who, who really does bring the value to the table, is the best thing that you could do is find somebody in off-market property. Yes. And you know, one of the things that we're able to do, because we have such a, a stranglehold on inventory throughout the state of New Jersey, is we're able to get them, get our buyers in the door on listings that are potentially coming to market in the coming months because our sellers say, hey, listen, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about selling my home, you know, three months from now. If you have somebody who's interested, bring them in. Right. So that's a that's an opportunity that a buyer wouldn't have otherwise. And I know you do a fantastic job of, you know, of matchmaking between your buyers and sellers, um, you know, and it's it, it speaks to the value you provide to your clients. But um, I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, because I, I know any buyer that if I were listening to this and I was in a, the position to be buying, you know, I would be like, oh, there's a tidal wave coming of like, you know, of competition. Like, what am I going to do to circumvent that? What am I going to do to put myself in a better position? And, and the answer is, is you align yourself with somebody who's going to put you in a better position. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. it really is. A, it's a partnership there. And here's a question I haven't even asked you before, but as uh -oh. you're speaking uh -oh. about uh -oh. off market. Me on the spot. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, we, we have CB exclusive, right? So Correct. we have. Uh, basically, for those who are not familiar, CB Exclusive is basically uh, office exclusive, exclusive listings uh, within Coldwell Banker, mm -hmm. right? And I have not been, of every brokerage I've been a part of up until being at CB, I've not been in an environment where it has been that extensive yeah. of an inventory. So I, I don't, and I don't know if you have a number on that, like percentage-wise or how we stand with market, but what I do know is just being a part of the CB community there is just extensive inventory that is office exclusive that if you're not a buyer tied into a CB agent, yeah. right, you you're just wouldn't have exposure to. So I just, uh, if you can give me some insight, yeah. how do we I mean, measure it, up there? It's hard you know? to give you like actual statistics on all of this because we are the largest brokerage in the state of New Jersey. Yeah. So naturally, we cover different areas all over the state, and to like identify like what market share we have in all those markets wouldn't be really fair to your viewers. Yeah, um, I think that the the better way of explaining this is we have five thousand plus agents in the state. Um, you know, we we do depending on the marketplace. Where most markets we're at like thirty percent market share. And I could speak for, you know, I run an operation of, you know, of several different offices, you know, a train, train line offices in the state. And, you know, we do a billion dollars worth of business every year. So it's, you know, it's a pretty significant, you know, um, right. you know, considerable chunk of, you know, of business. I think we, for that, you know, to that end, I could say that I look from a macro approach um, and on a macro level, we sell a lot of our inventory before it ever hits Zillow before yeah. it ever hits, you know, the MLS. And I think that like sometimes when you think about exclusives, it has this um, negative connotation. And and I, I'm going to speak to that because I think it's important to try to like dispel the myths. So uh, some brokerages, and I'm not naming names, I'm not pointing fingers or anything like that, but some brokerages, the way that they use exclusive inventory is to, they call them pocket listings. Right. And it's like, hey, I'm going to take this listing. Hey, Mr. Seller, like list with me, 
I'm not going to tell you this, but I'm not going to do what's in your best interest. I'm not going to put it out to, you know, to the markets and try to, to, you know, to push this. What I'm going to do is, you know, try to sell it myself right. so I could make commissions for the, for the buy side and, and for the sell, the sell side. side. Right. So that is not our agenda. It, like in any way, shape or form, that's not our agenda. What we're doing is, is we have such a large, um, uh, amount of market share and so many agents that we actually represent, you know, in many markets where 30, 40, 50% of the, of the marketplace. So by exclusively pushing it out to our buyers first, the seller is actually getting better information than if they were to go to market first, because they're getting like a, a, a sample size right. that's, you know, call it 30% of a marketplace that's seeing their, their price. They could price it you know, if they want to test the price out, they could test it at a higher price, see what happens if they get it, don't get it. Like, and it doesn't have any negative connotation to them because the reality is, is like they don't have days on market adding up. They're right. not like being like, they're not like a piece of stale inventory that's out there when other homes are selling in the first five minutes. Yes. So that's one advantage. Um, the other thing that I would say is there are sellers that just have specific situations that call for exclusives. Like, you know, they're, let's just say, for instance, their, their house is a mess. Like that's, a, that's an easy example. And it's going to take like, you know, junk removal crews and it's going to take like a lot of work to get their house to shine. Like you were talking about before, right. maybe they don't want to do all of that. Well, you don't want to put a house that's like clearly in need of some love on, you know, on all the sites and have like, you know, all the pictures that are, you know, professional photography and all that stuff. It doesn't necessarily show well. Right. So rather than them going through all the efforts and all the work to get to that point, they could potentially sell it, you know, internally. And the conversation with the buyer is pretty simple. Like we haven't gotten this house ready for market yet. So you got to look beyond that stuff. But like, here's what we're going to do. And you could take your chances with it coming out like later when it's all shined up, or you could buy it for this price, which is clearly being defined by the seller because they're, you know, they're saying this is what I want to sell my house for. Um, I, I think that there's some interesting advantages in terms of just convenience yeah. that, that that brings to a seller. Um, another thing is timing. Like, you know, we talked about those people that are looking to sell their house, let's just say in April or May, right? Like, well, maybe, you know, between now and then they would be happy to accept an offer and have to not have to deal with the inconvenience of sweeping themselves out of their home. Like the point is, is there's advantages and disadvantages to both. What we do a really nice job of is, is really articulating those advantages and disadvantages to the seller and to the buyer so they understand what they're getting involved in and they can make smart decisions for their situation. Right. You know, and so there's nothing, there's no secrecy about this. It's something that we do and, um, and we do have an internal system to allow for it. So when you as a, as an agent in our Maplewood office go out and, um, you know, push this out to, you know, to all of Coldwell Banker, it's not just you with your own pocket listing that's trying to get a buyer. Right. It's you pushing right. it out to 5,000 plus agents across the state of New Jersey. And, you know, it's like a megaphone. So I, I think that, you know, that's, that's one thing that separates us from the competition. And I think we do a really nice job with it to give our clients advantages. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I said before, far more of a extensive um, system than I've ever encountered uh, in other brokerages I've been on. Uh, I've been in. Uh, so I want to thank Mike again because we're right up on time right now. Uh, what I'm going to try and do, Mike, is to see if we can do this quarterly. Yeah, right? Just I'd get be happy some updates. To. I so appreciate it. Maybe get you locked in for uh, our March time frame to see how quarter one has gone for the year. 
All right. So um, and if you are finding this very insightful, please do click like, subscribe and notification bell. And if you are a YouTube watcher, this is on YouTube as well. I'm going to just flash up really quick my YouTube channel. Uh, those who are watching, you're already seeing it anyway, but do subscribe to my YouTube channel for that content as well. So thanks again. Stay safe. Those who are, we're going to actually be airing this in the new year. So happy new year to those who are listening. Stay safe and stay tuned to New Jersey Living.